This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, as I always do on Tuesday, and hope this Tuesday finds you well. Week 5 in the books for the NFL last night as uh, two NFC South teams collided in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Panthers fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 17-14 on the last-second field goal. Roberto Aguayo um, kind of made up for missing two field goals earlier in the game and making the game-winning field goal with a few seconds left, and the Buccaneers improved to 2-3, and three, now second place in the division. And the Panthers, who uh, only lost one game last year, the defending NFC champions now 1-4 and four and sit last in the NFC South. It goes Falcons at 4-1, and one, Bucks at 2-3, and three, Saints at 1-3, and three, and Panthers at 1-4. And, and, of course, you all know that the Panthers head into New Orleans this Sunday to take on the New Orleans Saints. So big game in the division, both teams uh, needing a win, uh, Saints at least, following um, a win in San Diego, looking to win two in a row. On the basketball side, the Pelicans will take on the Houston Rockets tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Central Time on NBA TV. The team is now in Beijing. If you look, log on to pelicans.com, lots of stuff, uh, video content, pictures, as the team is now in Beijing. They played the first game in Shanghai. Now they're in Beijing. They took a tour of the Great Wall. Uh, you saw... Omar Hacha going down the toboggan. Great stuff there. Make sure you log on to pelicans.com to see all of that um, content and more as there's also practice sound from um, yesterday or today's practice. And the time difference is confusing me a little bit. But nonetheless, plenty of stuff to look at on the Pelicans app and pelicans.com. On the Pelican side today, I usually have Jim offer on from pelicans.com to talk about this team. But since he is in China... We're going to uh, replace him. He's not replaceable, but uh, we're going to replace him this, today with Scott Kushner from The Advocate, who covers the Pelicans as well. Great insight from him. Um, he talks about these three preseason games, what he's seen, and what he wants to see in these last preseason games. Again, tomorrow morning is preseason game number four. Then the team finishes up um, the exhibition games next week in Atlanta in Orlando. Of course, since it is Tuesday, we'll also talk some fantasy football on the Black and Blue Report. Hope your teams are doing well. I have one team that's 4-1. and one. And one team that's one and four, so I still need some help. And uh, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com will uh, try to help me out there with some of our fantasy questions, whether it's Dak Prescott, Lamar Miller. Some of those questions will be answered, and also some waiver wire pickups for you on this Tuesday. A lot of baseball going on as well. If you're a big fan of the playoffs, the Giants winning in 13 innings last night over the Cubs, so they still hang in there as they normally do. Ten straight wins when facing elimination. Unbelievable, and that's why the Giants have won uh, multiple World Series in the last few years. So we'll look out for them as they play again tonight against the Cubs. And also the Dodgers look to beat the um, the Dodgers look to get back even with the Nationals who won yesterday. So Nationals lead the series to the one. But all right, let's get started on this Tuesday. We'll go with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, followed by Scott Kushner from The Advocate Talking Pelicans. And then we'll wrap things up. Uh, from Studio B. All right, stay with us. You're listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. 
Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 Plan, presented by Domino's, guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free, medium, one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. It is Tuesday, which means it's time to talk some fantasy football. And joining me, as always, is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, hope this Tuesday finds you well. Hope your fantasy teams did all right this weekend. Uh, mostly all right. Uh, it was an okay week. It wasn't as good as like the only one loss weeks. I hear you. I hear you. I was one and one as well. Um, need some help, and that's why you are here. Let's start off with a little interesting situation coming out of Dallas. Everyone keeps talking about how Dak Prescott's been playing so well. Then there's also the reports that Jerry Jones is saying Tony Romo will come back and play at starting quarterback when he is ready to go. Um, how should Dak Prescott uh, owners handle this Tony Romo situation? Is it start? Do you start considering trading Dak Prescott? Do you wait to see how the situation pans out? What do you do if you're a Dak Prescott owner right now? You got to trade him if you can get value for him. Uh, even if you have to loop him with somebody and get a better quarterback upgrade, or at least if the uh, Tony Romo's sitting out there, stash him on your bench for the potential change. It's it's hard from an NFL perspective not to see them go back to Tony Romo for what he brings to the team and what he's done in the past. And if you're a Super Bowl contending team, you obviously want somebody with his pedigree and not a rookie because no rookie quarterback's ever made the Super Bowl before. So. I think you have to assume that they will go back to him if he's ready at some point. They didn't put him on the IR, which was kind of a sign that they wanted to bring him back at some point anyway. So I think that you have to have that in the back of your mind. So maybe if you're playing Dak Prescott, you're streaming options. You don't have to worry about too much. You could always do a Trevor Simeon or Marcus Mariota, depending on who's available in your league, and kind of play the matchups from here on out. But if if you're in a thinner quarterback league and he is your starting quarterback right now, I would definitely consider it. Like I said, even if you have to pair like maybe a running back using or a wide receiver you're not using the hazardity of your quarterback's going to be there in weeks 12 and 13 14 15 when you really need them let's go to the running back position someone that i have one of my teams is not doing too well lamar miller i think a lot of fantasy owners are concerned about how he's played so far through five weeks should fantasy owners like myself be concerned with how he's played I think it's a little bit of a concern, not a huge concern, mostly because this offense has actually been not what we expected. It Brock Osweiler hasn't been doing very well, which is hurting DeAndre Hopkins. I throw out last week's game. It's at Minnesota. Minnesota's defense has turned into the best defense in the league, and it's one of those ones that you should be scared about, and it's one that you should think about benching people against. And I still wouldn't have benched Lamar Miller because he's on along those lines of don't bench your studs. But if you look at the games before that, even in standard leagues, 
He had 11 points, 9 points, 10 and 10. So the production has been there yardage-wise. He just hasn't found the end zone. He's got a great matchup this week against the Indianapolis Colts at home. Uh, Then he heads to Denver, which isn't that appealing. So maybe you wait for him to have a really good game this week and you sell high on the aspect of everybody's thinking, oh, there's Lamar Miller. We hoped that was going to be a top five running back this season because then there's the bye week after Denver. So this might be a really nice time to sell sell high after this if he has a nice game. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't bench him for this week just because, again, you're talking about going from one of the toughest defenses in the league to one of the weakest, and he should have a bounce back. Hopefully finds the end zone this week. Again, he's beginning at the yard. He just needs to find his way to a score. Yeah, absolutely. One can only hope he gets back to that, especially me who has him on one of my teams. Let's go to the tight end position, and uh, Tom Brady, everyone was talking about how great he looked coming back. He connected with Martellus Bennett for three touchdowns on Sunday in the win over Cleveland. Um, now Gronkowski is in the mix. Should Gronk owners be concerned with Martellus Bennett's usage last week? I don't think they should be at all. Uh, the good thing is if you're looking at Martellus Bennett is you probably have a tight end one on your hands for the rest of the season. But this goes back to years ago when we saw that Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez were two of the best tight ends in fantasy football and in football. They were number one and number three in fantasy football that one season. So this is an offense that's always been predicated to the two tight ends. They've wanted that. You've watched them this past couple of years. They keep trying to find somebody to step in alongside Gronk and give them that. You see the Tim Wrights of the world. All these tight ends that they've tried to bring in and tried to make productive, it just hasn't worked. Now they finally have a tight end who was already a tight end one with other teams being able to come in, and it's not somebody that they've just been trying to pick up as a cast-off or somebody that hasn't been productive so far. This is somebody that's a high-end tight end, and I think this offense is going to be what we've seen before years ago again, but two tight ends, both of them can be productive. Gronk is going to keep getting his. He had over 100 yards last week. He just didn't get the touchdown, but he's also coming back to being 100% healthy. I have no concerns, whatever. Uh, Gronkowski and Greg Olson are at the top of the game. Uh, Jordan Reed can be in that mix as well, but I don't have any concerns. If anything, like I said, I think this only helps people who held on to Martellus Bennett have more confidence in him. All right. This week is uh, approaching quickly as uh, Chargers will take on the Broncos on Thursday night football. Give me two or three waiver wire pickups for this week. Well, let's stick with the Patriots real quick here. Is if you're in PPR leagues, you got to go get James White. We assume the production would come back to the earth or a little bit for LeGarrette Blunt, and James White's increase would be coinciding with that. And that's exactly what happened. For once, the Patriots did what we expected them to do. Uh, James White actually outsnapped LeGarrette Blunt, and this has always been a backfield where the pass catching running back has had consistent value. It hasn't always been a consistent option in the backfield, but there's always been consistent value. And at least for now, until Deion Lewis comes back, James White is that guy. So if you need running back help in PPR, he's a good one if you need it in standard. If Eddie Lacy is going to miss time, we don't know. He's played through a similar injury before. Obviously, James Starks, as everybody knows, would be the option to pick up if you need somebody there. At wide receiver, going back to the Patriots again, Chris Hogan showed exactly why the Patriots signed him. He could be a great option across from Julian Edelman. I actually don't understand why people drafted him and then dropped him because the whole entire point of drafting Hogan was to wait for Tom Brady to come back. And finally, as we saw, that's exactly what he did. And Another great one, a huge game, under 10% owned on NFL.com, which is just baffling to me, but Sammy Coates, for the Steelers. He has big playability. He'll be left out some weeks. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to throw three, four, five touchdowns every single week, but he is stepping into that Martavis Bryant role and doing a great job and so forth. And uh, I really think that he's somebody that you can get out there. And, you know, during your bye weeks, there's few, there's few wide receivers you're going to find with more upside for your bye weeks. All right. The Saints were on a bye last week. Now they take on the Carolina Panthers. And at the beginning of the season, you probably thought this was a huge matchup with the defending NFC champions. But now the Panthers are one and four. 
Um, does this matchup look a little better for um, fantasy owners who have Saints players this weekend? Yeah, it's actually not a, it's not a defense you need to worry about at all, and this is why I don't like looking at strength of schedules for every single year, and this is a perfect example of why. Is the Panthers' defense is just not what it was last year. It's not even close to what it was. You don't have to have any concerns about Drew Brees. Brees is on pace for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, so you know he's a lock every single week. You have three wide receivers in Cook, Snead, and Thomas who all have over 200 yards, all have two touchdowns so far in the season. Thomas is looking great, actually leads the team with the receptions. He's looking great over the middle of the field in that red zone option, as we talked about the start of the season is what I really thought he could do for this team. And then, you know, Kobe Fleener has the one good game so far. You hope that he can replicate it this week. The Panthers are especially weak against tight ends. So there's opportunity there. Again, it kind of goes back to whether or not Michael Thomas or him kind of, you know, absorb the middle of the field options in the red zone. So it's hard to see both of them having a great game at the same time. But the potential is here, and then we know what Mark Ingram can do. He's one of the best running backs in the game. He finally got on a touchdown run with the last two games before the bye. He got his first receiving touchdown of his career and then scored on the ground. So he's trending back up. And look, even with a slow start, He's still on pace for about 1,400 total yards. So there's little concern I have with any of the players on the Saints. As mentioned at the top, the Panthers' defense is just not something you need to worry about anymore. Should we expect John Kuhn to keep stealing touchdowns from everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to expect at least one or two more vultures the rest of the way. Hopefully, at least for Mark Ingram owners like myself, that's not the case. But I think this is something we've seen in the past, too. Is there's a, it's, as much as Mark Ingram's there and as much as, rely, as reliable as he is, the Saints are very unpredictable when it comes to the goal line. And it would not surprise me if we have a few more weeks where we're all frustrated that John Kuhn got it and Mark Ingram missed out on another touchdown. Absolutely. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, uh, always great having you on the show, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. Good luck. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we'll talk Pelicans with Scott Kushner. This is the Black and Blue Report. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. 
We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Time now to talk some Pelicans on this Tuesday. Joining me now, he's more popular than Kenneth Bone right now. He's Scott Kushner from The Advocate covering the Pelicans and Tulane. Scott, glad you can join me on this Tuesday, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Daniel. How's everything going? Oh, everything's great. Three preseason games down, three more to go, ready for preseason to end already. But let's talk about some of the positives and negatives from the first three games. What have you seen from this Pelicans team so far? I think the the pace of this team is better than what we saw at this time last year. Uh, as far as the point guards who are pretty aware of exactly what Alvin Gentry wants to do in the system, uh, the, the just moving up and down the floor, uh, it, it just seems to flow a little bit better. I think that in turn leads to better ball distribution and better passing. Uh, and I think offensively you really saw what this team is capable of against Dallas. Uh, that was a, you know, a little different, not against a lot of starters, but then certainly against Houston the other night. Um, that's not a very good defensive team that they played, but, I mean, the offense was flowing and it was moving and everybody seemed to get their hands on the ball and there seemed to be open shots to be found. Um, it's going to be a work in progress whenever you have as many new pieces as this team has, but I think the fundamentals of what Alvin Gentry wants to do are way more in place now than they were this time last year, and I think that's also in part so they have talent that fits a little bit better. Um, as much as Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, and those guys were good offensive weapons, uh, they didn't necessarily do every single thing that you know fit in to the system and fit into the way that they want to play. And so once you see Anthony Davis really unleash, you know I'm interested to watch him play a full game, a full 30 minutes, a full you know 35, I guess is what he'll be playing during the season. That will really uh, tell the tale uh, a little bit more. And, and uh, I do think offensively they're where they should be. Defensively, I, they probably should be further along than they are right now, quite frankly, considering the additions that were made and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I was surprised at how uh, you know, poor they've looked defensively, especially in transition uh, at moments this preseason. Um, one of the things you wrote about this morning that's on The Advocate right now is um, about the center competition. Omar Ashik putting up a double-double against the Rockets um, on Sunday morning. Um, he and Ajinsa fighting for that starting job. Is there anyone pulling ahead of that center competition right now? I actually thought Alexi Ajinsa was looking like the front runner, really, through the first couple of preseason games. Uh, just because he just, he's just a more natural fit offensively. He just adds some space. He can shoot from a couple of different spots. And he, you know, provides something that Omer just can't, which is, you know, just that offensive touch. Uh, and, and just being a threat offensively, quite frankly, even if it's not scoring, just that they have to put a body on him whenever he's moving around. Uh, but Omer, I think, showed some improvement if he can hit free throws, he's so much more dangerous uh, just as, an, as a weapon because they just foul him all the time. Every time he would get the ball in the post, that's assuming he would catch the ball in the post, every time he would get the ball, he would just get fouled and he'd go 50% from the free throw line. And then, you know, you basically cost him half his points that he's ever going to score. And so to see him shooting, I think it's like 85% this preseason from the free throw line, and that's no joke. I mean, this is – Something that almost everybody in the building has talked about is that, like, wow, this guy came in and he's hitting free throws. I mean, he's a career 55% free throw shooter. This isn't like a one-year aberration or anything. Uh, so to him, if he really has improved that free throw shooting, I think he will be the center. He's a significantly better rebounder than Omer. He's a significantly uh, – sorry, than Alexi. 
he's a significantly better screener as well. Uh, and those two things really do help them offensively because they need to be able to secure defensive rebounds. We've seen that be a problem uh, already a little bit this preseason. And they certainly need someone who can free guys up uh, off the bounce. And for everything Agenza provides as far as shooting and spacing, he doesn't provide that on the defensive end, certainly doesn't provide it rebounding, and he doesn't really fit screens, which seems odd for someone at his size, but I think it's hard for him to kind of get in position and get all those things moving. Yeah, you got to credit Omar Oshik, uh, for Kevin Hansen, I should say, for helping Omar Oshik with his free throw shooting. That's what Gentry said earlier this week. Let's talk about another guy that's actually fighting for a spot on this team. That's Lance Stevenson. Has he done enough to take away a spot from someone else on this team to make this 15-man roster? It's hard to say, isn't it, Dan? I mean, it's yeah. like you see moments where you're like, this guy really is needed uh, at this moment because, you know, without Drew Holiday and without Tyreek Evans, they just are a lack of ball handlers on the team. Uh, but at the same time, who do you cut? Uh, I, I guess, you know, Alonzo G is probably the natural choice to cut only because he has the shortest contract and he's kind of plays a position where you have a lot of pieces now in that wing spot. Uh, I, I just don't know how the mechanics of it are going to work. Uh, they've got Lance on like a $100,000 guarantee basically through training camp. Uh, he's going to have to earn it for the next three games. I think he's going to have to prove not only that he has the ability uh, to play in the system and look good on the court, but he's going to have to keep his composure and do all those things that and, and show he's willing to work within the framework uh, of the offense that at times in his career he has really struggled with, and he's had an outward personality issue and that has bothered coaches in the past. He's on a tight leash, and he has to know that. Uh, and if he gets through all six preseason games, they have given him every single opportunity. I mean, he's playing the most minutes, I think, by far of anybody out there. Uh, and if he can prove that, then he's. I think at this moment – he will be on this roster. But there's three whole games left, and we've seen Lance Stevenson with 90 minutes of basketball kind of implode on himself. So I don't know uh, which one we'll end up with at the end. If the decision were to be made today, I think he would make it. Uh, but there's obviously a lot uh, remaining to be seen. Is the injuries to Tyreek Evans and probably the play of Drew or the absence of Drew Holiday really affecting, you know, how much Lance Stevenson has a chance of making this team? Let's say if Drew and Tyreek were healthy or available, will we even having this conversation about Lance right now? Oh, no way. I, I, and frankly, I don't think Lance Stevenson comes to camp if either of those okay. guys are healthy or, or able to play in, the, in Drew's case. The, the reason that he's here is because they had no depth at point guard. They had no veteran leadership at point guard. Uh, nobody who they could really count on to say, look, we know in an NBA game against high-quality NBA players, this guy can, can have the ball in his hands and make things happen. Uh, and so they had to bring him in, and it's the reason that he chose New Orleans is because there was an opportunity not only just to, to, to play a little bit, but in the preseason to really prove himself. I mean, he's not just auditioning for the Pelicans, just as you know, all these other non-guaranteed contracts are. He's auditioning for everyone, that when someone gets injured and someone loses some backcourt help, uh, they are going to need a body. And he's trying to prove that he still belongs in this league. And it's been a kind of insane career for him as far as you know the roller coaster ride of him being an afterthought to being this you know like very well-known name and now being a guy who can't even get a guaranteed contract so all of those things played into it but certainly the depth of that position is the reason the pelicans are where they are with him 
It looks like Tim Frazier will be the guy at point guard right now um, to start the season with the absence of Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans. Um, what have you seen from him going back to last season and now through three tra uh, preseason games? I mean, is this the guy that you have confidence with that can run Alvin Gentry's system? It seems like he's been embracing it pretty well. I, I mean, <laughs> we saw it last, you know, those last 16 games of last year, and it was with you know basically a, a D-League team mm -hmm. uh, surrounding him. And he ran the offense essentially the way he's running it right now, which is he pushes the pace whenever possible. He is always looking pass first. He's looking to penetrate and then pass, which is such a dangerous weapon uh, in this league when you have a point guard who's willing to do that, particularly when you can surround that guy with some weapons. The issues for him are always going to be, can he consistently shoot to keep defenses honest so you don't have that you know, Rajon Rondo effect? Uh, that, that's one fear uh, of Tim Frazier for certain. And then the other one is just defensively, he has trouble stopping the ball. And uh, he lets guards penetrate past him, and he's not very physical out there because he's just not very big. Uh, and he's also you know, he's just not a great defender. But offensively, I think he makes up for a lot of that, and particularly when you think of just the spot he's in. Uh, you hope, if you're the Pelicans, by the end of the year, or even you know, over the next six weeks or two months, whatever it might be, until Drew Holiday gets back, when he becomes your backup point guard, he's kind of perfect for that role. That's almost exactly what you want out of your backup point guard, is a spark of energy, pushing the pace, always looking to, to get the ball in somebody else's hands for an easy bucket. When it's your starting point guard and you're having to play in crunch time minutes and he's facing up against you know, the best point guards in the world, it becomes very difficult to play him. But I think for what he is and for what their expectations of him are, he is almost a perfect fit for the system offensively. All right, before I let you go, three more preseason games to go. One is at uh, 6.30 tomorrow morning on NBA TV. What is going to be your focus for the last three games? Is it the rotations? Because Alvin said that you know the rotations might be closer to regular season form in these last few games. Is it individual players as far as the center competition, Lance Stevenson? Or is it the defense? Or is it all three? Which one will you keep your eye on the most in these last three preseason games? I think you've named kind of everything that, that I'd be looking for. Right. Uh, the, the priority that seems to be stuck on Alvin Gentry is that transition defense. And if you're going to play up-tempo, you have to be able to slow teams down on the other side, and you have to be able to get back on defense. And if they can't do that, then they're going to have to change the way they play. And so if I don't see any improvement there, and, I mean, they look bad against Houston doing it too. They look bad against Indiana, and they hardly ever run. Um, then you've, you start to see a, a major problem on their hands. And, I, you know, the question that I, keep, I kept asking, you know, Gentry in the first few weeks there was, you know, is this a, a mental issue or is this something that you just get used to over time, transition defense? And there's kind of, you know, this combination answer. It's hard to tell, but if they don't get any better at it, it's going to radically change the way this team plays, I think. And I know he doesn't want to do that because they can be lethal uh, in an up-and-down kind of system, which is what he wants to run. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing I'm looking at is, is just how they match up defensively, particularly in transition. And then, of course, you know, the Lance Stevenson thing and, you know, who's going to play at guard uh, is obviously, you know, the, uh, the biggest story of just like the preseason and camp, uh, you know, as far as personnel is concerned. And then, of course, the, the individual you know, position battles, all that kind of stuff. Is Solomon Hill going to play alongside Langston Galloway, or do you move Buddy Heald into the starting line? All that kind of stuff. 
I think you know that will work itself out over time. I don't think there's a lot of concern with all that kind of stuff. But it is interesting just to see all those pieces and combinations and who can mix and match well together um, because you have guys who have very different levels of skill sets. You have very few, with the exception of Anthony Davis, you have no real complete basketball players on this team. You have Anthony Davis and a, guy, a bunch of guys who have you know a skill set. Uh, but then have a, a, a diminishing return on the other end. So how those pieces all kind of fit together is interesting in the preseason and is really difficult on a coaching staff. Um, you know, you'd like to have the really good teams in this league have two, three, and if you're Golden State, have like five <laughs> guys who are complete basketball players. This team really has one, and they're trying to fit everything else around that. Should be interesting, that's for sure. Three more preseason games to go, one of those being tomorrow morning on NBA TV. That's Scott Kushner from The Advocate. Scott, where can, how can folks follow you on Twitter to, to see to read your work? Sure. Uh, you can follow me at Scott D. Kushner, Scott D-K-U-S-H-N-E-R on Twitter. And you can also uh, just jump online at theadvocate.com or theneworleansadvocate.com or even one of those things they print on the dead trees uh, <laughs> that they still do every single day. You can pick up a newspaper uh, you know, anywhere in the city. I didn't know they still did that. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I appreciate the time as always and enjoy the game tomorrow morning. Absolutely, Daniel. Thanks so much for the time. All right, we'll wrap things up next. This is the Black and Blue Report. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, great show on this Tuesday. Sean will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow as we continue. We ramp up our Saints talk, I should say, as the team is off today and following their bye week. Now we'll get ready for the Carolina Panthers, and we'll continue to talk Pelicans. We'll probably uh, recap tomorrow morning's game again, 6.30 a.m. Central Time, no radio, 
as it was on Sunday morning, but there is TV. You can watch the game on NBA TV and follow uh, the Pelicans at Pelicans NBA for any updates if you don't get NBA TV. So 6.30 a.m. Central, then the team will take the long trek back to New Orleans and we'll get ready for next week's two preseason games against the Atlanta Hawks on the 18th and the Orlando Magic on the 20th. So we'll have some Pelicans and Saints talk for you the rest of the way and get you ready for Saints and Panthers on Sunday. That'll do it for today's show. Big thanks to Scott Kushner and Jake Seeley. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.